Alright guys, welcome back to the Sound Fast Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, but Buffalo with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are finishing up our division previews for the 2022 NFL season. And uh, Dylan, we've made it to our our brand, to our <laughs> division of the podcast. And yes. that is, of course, the AFC South. Um, you know, we just kind of talk about the insanity that the AFC South has brought us over the years, and uh, that has just become our our brand here on the podcast and we have made it to this division and what do you know uh once again the afc south feels like the afc south again and um i don't know if it was necessarily the case last year but i feel like this year we're back to full-on afc south um <laughs> as i mean really when you go into this here's what i want you to think about when we're talking about this division we've talked about every other division in the nfl and when we look at projected win totals. There has been a team with double-digit projected win totals in every division in the NFL yep. except the <laughs> AFC South because that is not the case here as uh, you have all teams projected win totals in the single digits. Um, that is just how we like it uh, for our AFC South, Dylan. Yep, I, I think it's it's perfectly fitting. We're, I don't know if we're you know, we got a little uh, only a few years ago in 2019. We almost had an all in AFC South AFC Championship game when it, it yes. would have been Titans Texans if Houston didn't blow that huge lead against Kansas City. So it's kind of crazy um, where we are now. Obviously, we still had a one seed last year, but you know, I I always I thought the Titans still had enough where they could have. Obviously, a couple of plays go differently. They're playing in the hosting the AFC title game. They had already beaten the Chiefs last year. They beat some good teams. Um, but man, they DVO, DVOA numbers last year weren't exactly like insane. They were one of the lower one seeds in terms of DVOA ever. So, yeah, those kind of things maybe were, you know, with AJ Brown being gone and still feel good about a lot of what the Titans have. But this division is, it's all, yeah, it's two teams that, well, one team in particular that's still very much deep in a rebuild. I think Jacksonville might convince some people, and you are starting to see depending on where you look at the different uh, season predictions that are starting to come out. Some people think they could be a fringe, frisky team in this division if Trevor Lawrence takes a huge step forward with Doug Peterson and some of the talent they have. I'm a little skeptical on how great that team can be, but I, I do think Trevor Lawrence has a lot to offer. Um, and then, yeah, the Colts and the Titans still probably being the, the top two. But, man, dude, it's like I want to believe in what uh, what Indianapolis still has as a roster. I've been higher on them probably the last few years than you have. They obviously – did not did not end up working out very well in that uh, week uh, 18 game against Jacksonville last year where they blew an easy opportunity to get into the playoffs and lost to the Raiders down the stretch too in a game that they could have won. Obviously, Matt Ryan, you feel good about what he could probably do if he stays healthy, but at the same time, it's kind of it's kind of more of an unknown. We've seen you know the highs of highs when he wins that MVP. That's you know six years ago now with with Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator to how that the, the offensive line really started to fall apart. I do think, if anything, for Indianapolis, that offensive line is a, is a big strength still, even if it's not, you know, maybe if they're not a top-five unit anymore. I still think they're pretty good there. But, yeah, uh, like, you, other, otherwise, though, for this division, it's, it's just kind of, yeah, it, it's where, like you said, it's a division that's been defined by teams not sometimes having about 500 records and winning divisions still and not really making too much of a – uh, and a dent in the playoffs like the Titans have the last uh, few years, so it's kind of back to, to square one. Maybe one team will rise up. We, we almost had the, we almost saw the Jaguars make a Super Bowl too, not that long ago, uh, <laughs> five years ago now. Uh, I'm not going to be predicting that probably for any of these teams 
the full disclosure. But at the same time, I, I, I do think there are some good teams um, and teams that could be playoff contenders. And I still think the Colts have, as we get to them, probably uh, for I'm not sure we'll probably start off with the Titans, but um, I still think there's some upside for Indianapolis to possibly be uh, better than that nine and a half when over under that they have here. Yeah, well, they're both the Titans and the Colts are both at nine and a half as they're projecting win total. Um, as always, we'll go through the ceiling and the floor, kind of where we think the range is for these teams. But we will start with the Titans. Uh, they are the defending champions uh, in terms of being the, the number one seed. We know what happened there um, and how that played out. But now they come back uh, to try to get back to that spot. I think it's going to be hard to do in terms of getting to, to the number one seed. But. Um, you know my thinking on the Titans still. It's never really been all that different. But, um, look, the Ryan Tannehill situation is what it is. It's going to be talked about all season long. So if you've, if you've grown tired of that, sorry, it's going to, keep, it's going to continue um, unless he's just perfect. Um, so that discussion is going to continue. Uh, Malik Wills is there. I don't think Malik Wills is stepping in anytime soon for Ryan Tannehill. So for anyone who thinks that, um, I don't see that happening. Um, this is not going to happen. So, uh, I would be very surprised barring an injury if that was the case. Um, I mean, look, this is a team we know that Dylan is they trade AJ Brown's gone. They traded him away. Mm-hmm. Um, they expect Traylon Burks to come in and, and really try to fill that void. Although, as I've said before, I think it's going to be really hard to do. Um, I think Traylon Burks could be a really good player, but I don't think he's going to come in right away and do what AJ Brown did. Could be wrong. We'll see. Uh, but we know Derrick Henry. Things are going to kind of run through him on their offense. But I mean, defense. I think that. You know, there's there's some strength there. Um, I think specifically, probably when you look at you know some of those spots in the secondary. Of course, Kevin Byard's there. Um, I think what he brings at safety is tremendous. Um, but beyond that, I just like I don't even know what it is. Like we always use like the word intangibles. I'm like I don't even know what it is. But like I just feel like this team on paper is missing something, and I don't think it necessarily compares to the teams they've had in recent years. Um, and again, we'll see what that looks like. But I think this is again, I think it's a good team. But I don't think this is a. I don't know what the word is, right? Like I, I don't know. I don't think this team has the upside, maybe, of the team last year, if that makes sense. No, I agree. I um, well, I mean, they they won twelve games. Their Pythagorean win had them at more around ten. So they kind of again, I mentioned like they overplayed what the actual. Uh, yeah. deep stats showed what they could be and now you, you take a step back I think the offensive line has a chance to also take a step back from where it's been in, in some recent seasons um, it's not a group that you're, I'm looking at it and I'm like man this is it's just not in the top half of the league anymore and it, it could be on the bottom corner quarter of the league potentially obviously I love Robert Woods I've talked about him a lot over the years here Kyle Phillips has looked pretty good in, in camp and in, in the preseason overall so they have some interesting players. Still think, yeah, with Derrick Henry there. Still, I still also just think Mike Vrabel is a really good coach in terms of getting his players, getting the best out of his players, building a, a mentality where no matter who they have, they're still going to fight. And I think that's it ends up playing, you know, being really big with how they've been able to beat some teams that you might think are better than them, winning games like they did at the Lamar Jackson's MVP season, where they go in there and basically blow out the Ravens in the divisional round and not in Tom Brady's time with the with the Pats and I still you know the last couple years while they haven't had the same playoff success losing in the first round to the Ravens in 2020 than last year the Bengals game I still think they have a good culture but I do think yeah defensively I mean I 
I think that's probably where I'm looking at them to have a more of a strength this year. I think the offense could take a more of a step back compared to, to that defense. The defensive line last year at times just wrecked people. And I still think they have enough of those guys in house that overall that unit should be fine. Maybe they are, maybe on the back end of the defense, they're a little not, maybe not as deep. So compared to some teams, if they get injuries in the secondary, it could be more of a problem, but across the board there, I think they're going to be fine on defense. I just, I'm less convinced with some of the things we saw from Derrick Henry when he obviously struggled with injuries. If he's fully healthy, that changes things, but he has just had so many, so many touches and so many hits that have accumulated. And you just wonder if there is some sort of residual effect of that. Maybe it won't be. There's times where he just, you know, year in and year out has all those carries and puts up huge numbers. I'm hoping he can stay healthy and that can help the offense go. But overall, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know where to put this team in terms of the ceiling and floor because I still think the floor isn't overly low because I again with what Vrabel's built with that de- where that defense is and how you know in, in terms of like uh, what Tannehill can do as a baseline QB but uh, I I mean I, I'd still maybe I'll say seven is the floor maybe it's maybe it's really six if everything went terribly but I think seven's kind of a, a fair floor I will say that. Yeah, in terms of we're talking about these under 500 and things like they yeah indianapolis tennessee houston all the same win projection from football outsiders and it is it is under 500 and the jaguars aren't far behind they might have the, the smallest gap at only 0.3 wins between the four teams projection was um they, they have them 7.9 wins i don't know tennessee I, I think seven is my floor but ceiling i'm not going to go past 10 um i think but i i really think it's more of a seven to nine range is what i would predict 10 is just if they get a little magic and they win some of these close games again but i think seven to nine is more realistic for what i'm looking at for tennessee which is it's tough to say when you know they won 12 games last year they get the one seed it's just this conference is so tough um their projected schedule it's not like it's insanely tough at 20th in the league um yeah. but uh it's still i just don't know i think there's some too many questions of the offensive line that i think if they have to rely on the running game as much as they have in years past i don't think the offensive line is good enough to really sustain that i think <laughs> you're gonna laugh at me for this i think i'm gonna go like eight to nine like <laughs> I truly, and I know that's like that's the craziest thing to think about. I think this is like an eight or nine with team. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it go much lower, but I don't think it go much higher. Um, maybe, maybe I'll go eight to ten. I'll go eight to ten, not to just make it that short of a range. Yeah. So I'll go eight to ten for the tide. I, again, I don't think they're a bad team. I just, no, I don't yeah. think that upside's there necessarily um, that we've seen in recent years. So um, yeah, I'll go eight to ten for the Titans. I'm sorry, I, I won't keep it as eight to nine you know i miss the days where we could just you know do like they're eight and eight like everybody's 500 yep. let's just go like we can't do that anymore so um yeah that's that's unfortunate but all right eight to ten for the titans for me colts also nine and a half as we said um look that's it's pretty obvious it's going to come down to when we pick our division winners we're either going to pick the Colts or we're going to pick the the titans like that's what's going to come down to now when we when we give you our division mvps in a second um that could look a little bit different but remember that's not necessarily an indication of uh, who we're going to pick to win but the Colts to me Dylan are I mean look it, it's it's sort of a lot of the similarities right like it's the quarterback position hey we know Matt Ryan has played well before but I don't know what to expect from Matt Ryan yeah. with the Colts I, I really don't um I don't you know I don't know I, I don't know what to expect from him I think his wide receiver group is underrated in terms of their potential uh, I, I really believe that I think this is a group that I've heard a lot of people say well 
they're not going to be able to do this because their wide receiver group isn't very good. I think there's some talent there. Um, and so that, that would be something that I think they can, they can work with, but still everything's going to run through Jonathan Taylor. And I think having him on the, on the field is, is a good thing to have. Um, and so I, I feel like that's kind of a situation where you look at this team and I think being able to run through Jonathan Taylor here will really help. Um, you know, like I said, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think the defense will be fine. Um, and so I just, I think that this is a team that could certainly exceed expectations, but I don't yeah. also want to go too far in that direction to say that like, this is not to me like a 12 one team or anything, but maybe I'm, I'm playing my hand here, but I feel like the Colts have a little bit tiny, the tiniest bit more upside than the Titans, but I don't think it's by much in my opinion. Yeah. I mean that, yeah, they're neck and neck for sure. Um, you know, the thing is it's, it's tough is last year, I, I think they ended up, they ended up in the top 10 in total DVOA and they don't even make the, or they end up 11th. Sorry. So almost in the top 10 in total DVOA and they don't make the playoffs. And I'm just worried that they missed an opportunity to have the season with a guy like Matt Ryan and that is able to be more consistent maybe last year. I mean, you look at even, they had some really good advanced numbers when Phillip Rivers was there, and uh, obviously some things that didn't go well and a really tough playoff loss. They definitely could have beaten Buffalo going back to that year, but I'm worried like that some of the parts of this roster that were made, maybe you know, were p- part of the reason why when Andrew Luck first retired, everyone was so, you know, people were before that happened with how well he played in 2018. Dubbed this team as one of the going to be one of the bet, you know, next really good teams along with the Chiefs at the time that you felt like was going to be a contender in the AFC and they lose luck. And I just wonder if the roster itself has maintained that kind of level of where it was in that window where Chris Ballard had really built up the whole group. They were ready to cash in with a healthy Andrew Luck and they just haven't had that consistency at quarterback. And I, I do think Matt Ryan has a chance to just be solid enough and not have the, you know, the games that are just, just, just horrible decisions and plays that just end up, you know, everything else is working fine. The Colts at time, I mean, you look at when they beat the, I forget if it was right after Thanksgiving or around there when they, it might have been more in December, when they beat the Patriots. And that game, they really, you know, you watched how long, just at the line of scrimmage, how that team was able to have success. They beat, they, they destroyed Buffalo earlier in the year. They ran all over them. And um, I, I think they had that kind of upset, but I, I do wonder if the defense last year that finished eighth in, in DVOA, I don't think it's going to, I wouldn't predict it to be that high, and even their the projection right here in Football Outsiders twenty fourth and defense. I don't know if they're going to go take it that much of a step back, but it's not like it's it's a unit that has some good players. Uh, we'll see if if Pay can have a better season if Ngakwe can produce like he did in Vegas I mean then you start feeling better about that offensive line secondary wise Stefan Gilmore by all accounts has been pretty good so I think yeah upside wise I'm, I'm definitely picking it picking it higher than Tennessee um I maybe I'm still too much of a Colts believer I, I'll still I'll, I'll put it at 11 if they really soundly you know 11 and 6 not like that's a crazy record so I'm not I don't feel too bad about that as a ceiling as the ultimate like top outcome that'd only be a two win better uh season than last year um uh, maybe they win some more of those close games and yeah, it depends I guess on how much of a jump Jacksonville takes and we'll talk about them in a second but otherwise it's not like their schedule is insanely hard 24th um on the projection so you know on the bottom 10 of, of uh, you know one of the 10 easiest schedules in the league uh, maybe that little gap that they have with Tennessee there ends up uh, playing out but it's just floor wise um similar to the Titans I'm not going to go too far down even if I think the range for the Titans is a little more condensed I'll say only seven, um, maybe seven and ten is the absolute floor. Again, as I mentioned off the top, the seven and nine, seven point nine, 
uh, projected wins. They're tied with Indianapolis and Houston even, actually. It's funny enough. There's probably partially schedule-wise. But, yeah, I, I think they're better than that. Um, I think I, I would at least think this team is going to be over 500. So, I don't know, though. Like, 9.5, that's where it's tough because 9 and 8, Man, it feels like you said. Wish we still had sixteen games because I guess you could say eight, eight and one. But um, I feel like nine and eight. That's where they were last year. I wouldn't be shocked if they're again. But I think they'll. I would if I had to bet. I would probably take the over. I just I think with Matt Ryan, it's enough. Even if the defense takes a step back, I think the consistency they're going to have there, which what Jonathan Taylor can do. And as you mentioned, Michael Pittman took a huge jump. Um, excited about uh, with Alec Pierce and the, the things that they've said about him. He's slotted in right now on rlads.com, the site where you look at depth charts you know, often as um, as a starting receiver. Um, I you know I, I don't know about tight end wise, depth wise. I'm a little more concerned there. But um, it's a team that's still going to run the ball a lot. Still have really varied attack. Jonathan Taylor just sees the field so well. Offensive line again, maybe it's not top five anymore, but I still think it's top ten. Um, I still think they have something to offer, and I think there's a, there's a, definitely a world where the Colts are at least contending in the playoffs. I don't know if I'm picking them to go very far once they get there against some of these really high-powered AFC teams that they have in this conference. But I still think I still trust Frank Reich to to an extent. I, I think that he's going to have a good plan for this team, and ultimately, maybe this is the year the Colts brush off. You know, maybe they are finally able to to surpass the Titans and actually win the division. Yeah, I like their schedule, so I'll go eight to eleven. That's one more than the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their schedule sets up nicely. It's just not as intimidating as some of the others. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll go with that for the Colts on that. All right, on to the Jags, six and a half, the projected win total for them. We talked about could be kind of a season where they take a big step in the right direction, although how big that step is um, mm-hmm. yet to be determined for a team that has had the number one pick <laughs> in recent season. Yeah. So um, don't think it's going to be a playoff contention or anything like that. But they're interesting. We know Trevor Lawrence – Different head coach now. Um, feel like Doug Peterson much more fit to probably get that offense um, at least headed in the right direction. Not going to be perfect by any means, but um, I think that is where they can shine is to have some creativity on the offense. I think that will help this team. Yeah. But meanwhile, uh, everything else I think is to still to be determined uh, because again we know they've got some youth on the defensive side. Um, you know, having a number one pick, Trevon Walker's yeah. there. Um, you know, you've got some younger players that they've had in recent seasons on that side of the ball. So this is not that Jaguars defensive unit seemed like it carried the team for a while there. This is not the case no. anymore. <laughs> um, Trevon Walker, Devin Lloyd, you know, going to be two of the premier guys on that side of the ball, but uh, still a lot of questions, I think, elsewhere. Yeah, the defense is still not – I'm not thinking that this team's going to be – um, anywhere toward, even towards the middle of the pack, but I think you know last year they finished with the second worst DVOA. I think they, there's a chance it'll be better than that, depending on obviously what Trayvon Walker can do. It's it's you know in terms of number one picks, not a you know maybe the least talked about number one pick going into a rookie season I can remember. Yeah. Um, it's just there's not a ton of hype around this, but uh, from the, the, the some of the things that I've read, it sounds like he's been pretty solid so far. Uh, maybe yeah, you know even going in the draft some. So was kind of a common uh, consensus takeaway was that maybe Aiden Hutchinson was a little more pro ready immediately, whereas Trayvon Walker's upside was a bit higher. So we'll see. Um, definitely, how you know it's interesting what they've done in the secondary with um, bringing in Darius Williams, Sha- Shaquille Griffin. I mean, they have some interesting pieces there, but I don't think 
and Josh Allen had a, obviously against against his fellow Josh Allen had probably his best performance of the year when they beat Buffalo, uh, and that defense just played out of its mind. But I, I'm not picking them to finish second to worst on defense, but I, I do think they're not going to take like such a huge jump that it makes it drastically different. It's on offense and just the fact that you have stability uh, with a coach here coming in with Doug Peterson, what he's been able to do, and so far all indications of how they've kind of gotten things back on track after a year where just the organization, the, the how everything was run was just in such a weird place. And they're, they're lucky to have a guy like Trevor Lawrence who's able to take that. And I don't think, I, I, I don't really don't think it's going to have like a, a terrible effect on him uh, over the course of his career, that, that first year experience. I think he's done a great job of Cartman uh, being able to kind of put it as a piece of his history, but not something he's going to dwell on. And he's definitely already moved forward and, has said all the right things and they have talented players we've seen with what uh quickly in the preseason with with travis etienne how dynamic he looks and their chemistry together this offensive line still maybe not a great one but maybe it's more towards the middle of the pack than it's been in past years and then yeah they have for all the things that we've said about christian kirk's contract you can you can think the contract's kind of crazy but that doesn't mean he wasn't a really solid player and, and doesn't have a lot of upside um there uh marvin jones zay jones at times for vegas really outperformed some of the expectations that we've had for him so i mean it all ends up coming down to what lawrence can do and i think with an offensive line that's not just awful and where he's not just getting just taking shot after shot and guys aren't getting open i think there's a chance that some things open up doug peterson i i already you know believe that he's going to have a better impact on what this team can do uh, and uh, just the baseline I, obviously we'll see if Guys like Evan Ingram can stay healthy. We haven't seen that for a long time with the, with the Giants. But, yeah, they, they have more excitement. And I think it ultimately comes down to just with as like a lot of the, the takeaways. And if you listen to any Jaguar previews, people and reading about them, just a really hard player and Lawrence to evaluate last year because it just didn't feel like no matter who was in there, they had a chance at certain times. Um, this is a team that was as bad as their record. They're, they're not a team that at 3-14 – you looked at her and like, oh, they could have won five, six games if things went differently. No, they were they were bad, and the Pythagorean win uh, total was three point three three. They obviously projected by Football Outsiders uh, a little bit higher. They have them seven point six, so not too far behind these other teams. I think it's partially a product of a schedule that's twenty seventh in strength, so it's not like they're going to be facing as tough of a. I think last year, yeah, they were the tenth toughest schedule, so. Uh, at least projection-wise, it looks like things are going to ease up a bit. So combined to all those things, and possibly Lawrence just taking a big jump, even and that's not even saying a ton given where he was. I mean, yeah, that, I think they're a team that ceiling-wise can get to, I guess, uh, you know, the fact that their win projection total here is 7.6, I guess I should go to 8 if everything really works out well. Um, I'm not necessarily going to predict that they'll go 8-9. and nine. Maybe I think there's still more in that, like, 6-ish, 7 range, but um floor i'll still you know i'll still say like five wins i think they'll at least be a bit better than three three and 14 but i'm not maybe i'm less high on them with this win total as i think there's a little bit of hype for lawrence and i'm as excited as anyone for him i just overall the roster i I do think that he he could look fantastic and have a great year maybe something like what we saw with justin herbert's uh, rookie year where he was had flashes had some games where he struggled but had some really big performances and the chargers still lost i think maybe that's a little more where I'd expect, uh, I think that'd be a good outcome. If I'm a Jaguars fan, I don't care really what the your record is at the end of it. I just want to see Trevor Lawrence take some steps and feel like, all right, we have our guy for the future, and now we just need to keep making the right decisions to build around him. I will go. I'll go five to eight. I just don't. I don't think the roster is there yet. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I just don't think the roster is there to do anything more than that. Um, so there's just, yeah, still a lot of work to be done. So five days for the Jags it is for me, and that leads us to the Texans. Four and a half, the projected win total, as we mentioned on our last episode, tied with the Falcons, uh, the lowest projected win total in the NFL in this season. The roster itself, uh, I mess still. It's not great. Um yeah, there's just a lot of areas of still of need. We talked about the coaching change, and again, I've, I'm a I'm a Levy Smith fan, but I think David Culley, we talked about, they felt like they were getting better towards the end of the year. The roster, again, was not, um, just wasn't where it needed to be, and I think to to make him kind of the, the scapegoat for that, mm-hmm. I, I thought was an interesting move, yeah, no. uh, to, to say the least. So, and the roster's still a mess. Like it's, it's just it's not very good. Um, I don't know how else to say it. It's not very good in comparison to the other teams. Let me say that. There's certainly talent on this team. But in comparison to other teams, it's not there yet. You've got a lot of younger, I think, guys that are going to have to step up at different spots. Um, and I think that's all you can hope for is you just hope for having some of those breakout players, especially on the defensive side. There's no doubt. Like, they got to have some of these guys uh, really break out. I mean, we talked about defenses that are – Remember the Jags defense being what it yeah. used to be. You remember what the Texans defense used to be. This isn't, this isn't even close. So, um, yeah, this is this is a team still in big transition. And I, I we, we talked about it before. I think Davis Mills is actually a very talented guy. Yeah. I just for what he had last year, I thought he worked well with it. Um, I don't know if you have the same thing that happens this season, but. Um, yeah, the Texans are the worst team uh, to me on paper, at least roster wise, yeah. probably in the NFL. So yeah, they. I, it's what we talked about going into the last season, and it's kind of been the case. Just some decisions made from the, the regime before. Um, obviously, we think about the DeAndre Hopkins trade, but just some other moves they made. They really didn't have a ton of draft capital for a team that was as bad as they were, and they were really. I mean, the last year Deshaun was there. When they, I think they only went like four and twelve, but he played amazingly, and it was just you saw that this was. We think of some top-heavy teams, and we talk about teams that have the stars and scrubs approach, which isn't really fair. A lot of these scrubs are still solid players, but you look at teams like the Rams, and you're like, yeah, this is a team that's built on the stars with less guys. This team was like really top-heavy for years, and then you know last year didn't really. It's just without the draft capital, um, it just felt like they had a lot of good veterans and then we're like solid players but like as a team it's like what does that even where does that bring you um uh, uh, clearly it, it brought them to having still being one of you know only winning four games i think that their defense yeah it's not where it used to be from a talent point of view in the past uh, they had they are relying on some young guys a couple obviously stingley but also uh, jalen petrie there and the, as a safety that slotted the start um, a second round pick from day one so between obviously Stingley hitting on him will be a really big key I think if he stays on the field Akronquo from the Rams just didn't get the opportunities that he's going to get in Houston so excited to see what he can do potentially there um, they have they have some guys in defense where I'm like all right this team isn't it's not going to be great um, but they, I'm, I'm less high than what the projections are they have the 15th they're ranked at 15th DVOI projected on defense. I don't know if I. that's probably part of why they have a 7.9 win projection here. They have also the fourth easiest schedule in the league, um, despite not having to face themselves twice, which usually you look at the Houston twice on, on the schedule that helps. But, yeah, they, it's, it's an interesting unit overall um, in terms of, like, a few guys were like, all right, 
like I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen with with a guy like Stingley. Um, Nico Collins has looked pretty dang good at times. Brandon Cook's probably one of the you know for as good as he's been for years. Just interesting career how he's bounced around. Like look at the team and it's like all right they're they're okay, but it's like yeah they're still uh, in terms of like. That's me saying, like you said, it's kind of what, maybe I'm saying a little nicer than the initial part where it's like, yeah, they have, they, by all means, they have talented guys, and I'm intrigued by those individuals, but they still, as a from a top to bottom roster, are down there where it's like they just didn't have the the ability to quickly. I think you know, the, getting all the, the first round picks they got in that Deshaun trade, maybe that does help with in a few years where this team is going. I think Damian Pierce, obviously, and I'll talk about him a bit more in a, uh, later, but. Like he, uh, a lot of good things coming out of how he's been able to perform despite and how he's looked in camp despite an offensive line that is probably going to still be one of the worst in the league. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see what Pierce does. I'm just still worried about that that part of it. But yeah, it's uh, the Levy Smith trade or not trade uh, signing. You know, trading in uh, firing Coley to, to sign Levy Smith. I'm not sure in terms of what that really means. Hopefully, he gets a little. It wasn't really fair to Coley, but at the same time, hopefully, they give Levy now at this point a little more time. Uh, with some of the experience that he's had, um, I, I, I just, yeah, floor-wise and ceiling, that's where it gets, a little, you know, for all the things I'm trying to be positive about, maybe the direction of where eventually they could be in a few years, I still don't feel like their ceiling's higher than uh, six, which is uh, which is crazy yeah. to say, given that they're projected by football outsiders. I obviously talk about them a lot and trust a lot of their metrics, but 7.9 wins, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm penciling in a, an over four and a half just based on that and the fact that, I, I think they, you know, they only won four games last year. Could they, could they be a bit better on defense to enough to win with that easy schedule? Five games, I think it's possible, um, but I still don't think their ceiling's higher than like, I mean, absolutely high as seven. But I, I, my range, I'm actually going to say, is four to six. I think it's a pretty low, uh, uh, not too different of a where I'm going to think their their top and bottom results are. I still think they're, there's yeah. there's a really unlikely chance that they're any better than that. But hey, um, crazier things have happened. If Davis Mills can just be stay solid then you know yeah. maybe they get a couple of chips fall their way and they're able to actually win some of these games i'll go four to six too like you said uh the schedule i think probably seems easy on paper but i look down the schedule and i'm like i don't know i feel like i mean i see four wins here but you know that's best case scenario i just yeah i don't know they'd have to upset a couple of these people like i don't i don't think it's the it's not the hardest schedule by any means, but I think there's some tough spots. Uh, they beat the Chargers so, last year, so anything yeah, can happen. Yeah, uh, anything's <laughs> happen. Anything can happen. So the rematch, uh, October second, yep. mark it down. So four to six for me for the Texans too. So uh, there you go. There's thoughts on the division itself. Now we quickly wrap up with our picks, division MVP, breakout player, and fantasy MVP. We start with the division MVP, Dylan. I'm going to go to Indianapolis and go with Jonathan Taylor because uh, he is a beast. And uh, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, you know, to me, this was like a three-guy race, and that was Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, or Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I just decided to go with Jonathan Taylor. No, I think that's a great choice. I think, yeah, he's the best running back in the league. I think he, even without the, you know, some credit still goes to the offensive line, what they've done, but his vision, his explosiveness, how he uh, just such a patient guy for his ability, um, doesn't force anything. I think just a full package, does, can catch the ball, uh, he just does anything you could possibly want him to. So don't uh, – I think that's a pretty dang good choice. I went with Trevor Lawrence. I know kind of mentioned, like, I, I do think there's a chance that this team, despite not maybe being a, a playoff team, is there you're, there's going to be some people that are going to say, like, this is – and it's and it's, it's fair because this division doesn't have, like, a clear-cut, like, top team. Like, I guess there's a world where the Jags could 
if everything really chips really fell right, maybe they could win the division with nine wins yeah. or something. I'm not necessarily going to predict that, but I do think I think Lawrence is going to have just a much better season just with things not being so dang hard and with an offensive line that I, again, think is getting more towards the middle of the pack than being a really bad unit and some of the talent they have, the coaching staff, all of it. Yeah, I'll go Trevor Lawrence having – you know, maybe I'll just this will be a coincide we'll say with Jonathan Taylor that doesn't have as big a crazy number still ends up being the number one running back but maybe it's a combination of that and us looking at Trevor Lawrence and we've been you know this conference is already full of so many really young talented quarterbacks that are you just it's hard to find you know it's going to be crazy for you it's fun for fans it's going to be hard for any one of these guys that do anything uh like we've seen from a tom brady not that anyone can even do what tom brady could but to expect that any of these guys are going to consistently make super bowls and the expectations you have for these star players it's just they're all in the same conference it feels like and it's just going to make it tough but maybe trevor lawrence he puts himself in that conversation as, all right, this team still needs some more time, but this guy has what it takes to compete with some of the, the top quarterbacks in the conference. I think there is a world where that happens, and I'm, I'm hopeful um, for what Trevor can do this year. All right, our uh, breakout players for the AFC South. I'm going to, speaking of kind of piggybacking off what you just said, Trevor Lawrence can have a big season. I think one guy that will benefit from that and the fact that Doug Peterson's there, and I feel like we'll probably find a way to, use this guy in a very effective manner. Uh, we know what he's capable of, and that's Travis Etienne, Travis Etienne uh, in Jacksonville, one half of the running back duo there with James Robinson. We know Robinson's been injured. Um, but, you know, I think even if Etienne's not, you know, a three-down guy and, you know, rushing for Jonathan Taylor-like numbers, I think he'll be involved in the running game, the passing game. Yeah. So I feel like he's certainly had a chance to have a big season coming off that injury last year. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm sure Doug's excited to use him in, in some of the different concepts that they've thrown the running backs in the past in the system with the Eagles and uh, just overall some of the things that um, we've seen uh, from, from Doug Peterson in the preseason in terms of taking concepts that weren't necessarily all about uh, – he did it as a coach before but he had this year off where he's at training camps last year and i'm sure it's almost like all the the hype that was around mike mccarthy with his like think tank and how that was like built up and one of the great pr moments with, with how mike mccarthy was able to recover maybe his image a bit whereas i think doug peterson did actually you see him kind of starting to apply some of the different choice route things the receivers and just overall that where this offense and how diverse it could be so I think Etienne, if he stays healthy, he's going to get a ton of targets. I think if PPR-wise, his value has got to be pretty high for a running back in terms of um, just how many, how often I think he's going to be getting the ball and uh, how his, you know, you don't often talk about chemistry between a quarterback and a running back the same way we do with like guys like uh, <laughs> the chemistry of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow or any college teammates have had. But I do think there is some level of trust there and how those guys are going to be able to com- to compete together. So I think Etienne's a really solid choice. I went with just breakout player. This is maybe following on the hype train of how he's looked and how he's you know with with some talented. Guys like like Rex Burkhead and, and like Marlon Mack in that running back room. I think Damian Pierce for the Texans has a chance, even with a bad offensive line, to just be like, wow, he's he, he's one of those foundational guys, or at least a piece that's like, all right, this team doesn't have all this talent, but this guy, he's get. I, I some of his early indications are that he's going to be a player that's going to get more expected yards and how often he's hit in the backfield, how he's able to break tackles, his vision and how hard he runs. I, yeah, on a division that has Jonathan Taylor as the clear cut number one running back, I think there's a chance Pierce, uh, Damian Pierce from the Texans, ends up being um, just a guy that we look at as a 
is one of the maybe not just fantasy wise he'll probably get a lot of love there if he if he racks up tons of heavy usage rate and gets a lot of opportunities in the red zone but i think there's a chance we just look at him as a player and be like well if he's on a different team with a better offensive line he could be putting up crazy numbers all right division mvp you ready for this one dylan this is gonna be a lot of work uh jonathan taylor that's the pick yep fantasy division mvp for sure has to be jonathan taylor i think he's the safest choice for number one pick um uh, easily and i just in terms of i, I think his we talked to some today about floor and ceilings and, uh, and stuff of of teams and units but um i think jonathan taylor in terms of a, as an individual i think his floor production wise and performance wise is so high like I, I don't really see i think in terms of like risk rate he's probably one of the least risky uh picks you can make just overall um and how important he is to that offense how they've how they've kind of drawn things up for him in the past and how they can even take a step forward with maybe more of a threat at times with matt ryan we'll see uh passing the ball yeah i think eh, you could i think they'll only keep extending some of the things they do with taylor in the passing game so fantasy division mvp i mean possibly your fantasy mvp by the end of it um uh jonathan taylor easy choice here yeah, I think so too. So fantasy division MVP uh, and division MVP for me, Jonathan Taylor. So there you go. Um, there is kind of our thoughts on that. And of course, Dylan, what's one thing that stands out? Go Titans and our our picks here. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, oh boy. Um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, there you go. There are our thoughts on the AFC South, which uh, is sure to go awry as always uh, in this division. So we'll see how it plays out but of course still got everything covered over clutch points get everybody ready for the season uh which is uh, i guess when this goes up only a week away now from the start of the nfl regular season so everybody know where they can find all that yeah you can find all of our hot titans takes all, all the afc south takes <laughs> on clutch points in the nfl section and in the clutch points app in the nfl section there uh tons of tons of stuff rolling out on on our previews for every single team in a prediction format that should be re- released uh, early uh during uh, probably labor day and the day after week one we'll be back then to do our have our one of my favorite episodes every year making our season predictions off the pull up last year's to to see where we how we performed and how everything ended up tur- uh, turning out but well yeah it should be a lot of fun uh, titans real quick though kyle phillips maybe dark horse breakout player i've watched him a lot at UCLA and the dude's a baller so uh, maybe he won't put up uh, the craziest numbers but I think there's a chance they'll find themselves a good uh, slot player there in, in Tennessee there you go we'll give him his own category <laughs> um, that way we get a Titans player in there uh, as well but be sure to take everything out of clutch points as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast that you use search for Stop the Pass uh, and thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time on the Stop the Pass podcast